Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Focused on Forward, the live edition. So uh, I have a, a great guest back in the virtual green room. I can't wait to bring out C.L. King. Uh, you guys are going to love love C.L. He's got awesome energy, amazing man, and I've uh, really enjoyed getting to know him over the last little bit. Uh, but before we get to C.L. and bring him out, we'll talk to talk about why we, we wanted to have him on the show. Uh, just a couple quick reminders. So now every Friday, 8 a.m., or 8 a.m., 8 p.m., how about? Let's do that. Every Friday night, 8 p.m., you'll be able to find us here on uh, Focused on Forward, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on the Scene Snobs channel, Focused on Forward's channel, my personal page, Tim Bicegel. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at Focused on Forward. And if you're watching us on Twitch it, or want to watch us on Twitch, it's the underscore podcast underscore guy. Uh, so that way it can accommodate both, both my podcasts, both Focused on Forward and Funny Science Fiction. Now, as a reminder, uh, we talked about this last week. We have a, our new sponsor, Vital Signs and Graphics. So I want to say thank you. And in, in part of that is we want to show you a video uh, to show our thanks for the sponsorship that they give us. Here's a quick video from Vital Signs. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. All right, that's our video from Vital Signs and Graphics. Thank you uh, for helping us out here with the show. And make sure you guys stop by their Facebook page, uh, Vital Signs in Nuevo, Michigan, and they'll be able to help you out with anything you need uh, image and graphic wise. So now we're going to bring in our guest, uh, C.L. King. Welcome to the show, CL. Oh, welcome, man. This is so good to be on your show. And uh, Tim, I'm just, you know how I feel about you, brother. I'm delighted to be here. I'm yeah. energized, even though I just ate a big old tub of crab legs. <laughs> well, I still got energy today, baby. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, for those of you at home playing the home version of Focused on Forward, uh, the reason why I wanted to have CL on the show is, is that we've gotten to know each other over the last couple months, and we, we've struck up a very nice friendship. It's one of the nice things about podcasting. You get to know some other people in, in ways that you would never, or for reasons you would never get to know them otherwise. I've been a guest on CL's show, and so tonight we're repaying the favor and having CL here. Uh, so CL has a, a pretty interesting story of some of the things that he's gone through in life. 
But the thing I love about CL's story is that he has never sat back and said, I'm going to let this define me. He has made definition of his own life and what he's done with that life. Uh, and so, CL, I'm really excited for people to hear your story. And uh, so take it away, man. Tell us tell us the story of the king, CL King. <laughs> the ground one. <laughs> you know, Tim, let me just first say, I want to thank you for trusting me with your audience. As you know, being a podcaster and, and a content creator and all that. Uh, it, this is your baby. And so I, I count it a privilege. I don't, I don't think that I'm, I have a rite of passage to come on any one show. And if I get the privilege to share and bring just a small morsel of value to the show, then it's my high honor. And on top of that, to do it with a friend makes it even, even more special. And so, yes, sir. uh, yeah, I, you know, I, the, the, if I've been working on crafting this elevator speech to try to tell people 46 years worth of stuff in like two minutes, you know what I mean? That your, your elevator speech to get it, to get a deal closed before you get to the bottom. Right. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, all of our lives are a tapestry of events and mine is just, you know, the story that I use, I use my tapestry to try to help and impact people's lives. You know, for 18 years, Tim, that's, that was the span of time that I went through going, bouncing around from group homes, multiple foster homes, multiple uh, in experiences that are embossed in my mind, even to this day. Uh, you know, I spent a, a small period of time, about six months on the streets, homeless as an 11 year old kid. I mean, I've seen everything imaginable that that kids shouldn't see relative to molestations, being in the same room with them, being molested myself in the group homes and foster homes. And it was just an absolute it was a Harlequin quilt, if you will, when we talk okay. about tapestry, brother. And, um, you know, it, my foster mom, when I got to my last foster mom's house, Ruth Plowden, I talk about her. She'll be in my book everywhere I go. That's you'll hear her name. She told me, she said, Chris, you can take all of this. You're a kid from the hood. You had all this trauma happen to you. You can take that and use it as an excuse or you can use it to change the world. And so I listened to her, Tim. I mean, I really did. She she plugged me in and said, listen, I'm not going to do this for you, but I'm going to show you the pathway to get there. I was one of 83 foster kids that that mom plowed and had over 30 years, brother. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was. And, and so when I look at what she told me, I said, man, I'm going to act on this. And I'm going to begin to. And, and just having someone believe in you. It's like, man, the water, one plants, another waters, and then God gives the increase. And so I began to see things happen in my life living with her that that were positive. Even though I was a kid of the system, I got plugged into a church. I, I started working there, started ministering in the community, traveled over to England. By the time I was 18 years old and ministered to thousands of people and talked to thousands of kids. And this was because someone said, hey, King, you know, I know what you've been through. I know your resume and your pedigree, but I don't want you to use that to be an excuse or a statistic because all the metrics were stacked against us. Oh, sure. Every metrics was stacked against me. No father, no mother, kid of the system, black, the whole nine, the whole list that we'd like to trumpet around. I had it, brother. And, uh, you know, I just I just believe that my foster mom put that small measure of faith in me to say, hey, look, I want you to believe in yourself. 
And so from there, brother, it just it really just turned around. And we saw we saw some dramatic change uh, after I after I aged out of the system at, at 18 years old. OK, so let's talk a little bit about about that journey and, and what it took from you and out of you in order to be C.L. King, the person that we that we see now, not the person who could have been, because yeah. mm-hmm. that's that's not always an easy thing. There, there's there's steps that have to be taken in order to make that transition. So she said, or you said rather that she showed you the pathway. So what was part of that? Well, here's the deal. I do agree. I do believe that environment was a part of it. Okay. Um, in, in other words, I, I was blessed, you know, even though it looked like a curse to be in four different foster homes, two group homes and homeless on the streets. I was blessed in, in the journey of getting out of the environment that was toxic. And so being in mom's and, and pops Plowden's house, it was a nurturing home. They, you know, they modeled marriage for us and they were in their sixties when I went to live with them. And so the pathway that she gave me was, Hey, she said, listen, here are the opportunities, but you've got to go after them. She, she, she never, I don't recall mom taking me by the hand down to church on the North coast. I don't recall her taking me down to go see the recruiter, nothing. She said, listen, here are the opportunities. Here's the things that you could do in life with the talent that you have, because they recognized that of all things that I could not do, the one thing I could do was talk. And so they cultivated that. And, and, but they said, listen, you are going to have to do the work. And this is probably why when I get called to give a keynote speech, uh, Tim, I'm a little more tough than your average, you know, Pinocchio nose fluff and and cream puff guy. When I speak before students, because, (laughs) because the truth of the matter is my foster mom says, listen, if you want it, Chris, you're going to have to go after it. You're going to have to go hard. You're going to, because everything's stacked against you. You got every metrics. You're going to have to go harder than even your very competition that would be in the same field and venue as you. And so she taught, she told me that. And so that was ingrained in me. I lived with her from 14 to age 18. It was ingrained in me that you just had to go hard. You couldn't make excuses. My foster mom was not a woman big on excuses, even though I legitimately had some, she was Mm -hmm. not big on that. She, she said, listen, here's the path, go get it. And so when I started getting it, what she did was she enabled me to continue to go to the next level. Every success that I had, they just continued to build upon that. the The ceiling became the floor, and I and I and I went higher. And all the way up until I left to the Marine Corps, my foster dad pops Plowden. He told me he said, "Listen, Chris, you can go in the Marines. I want. I was thinking about going in the Navy. Yeah, I was thinking about taking the easy way out, uh, Tim, and going in the Navy <laughs> for all my Navy brethren out there. You know, anchors away." And my foster dad said, listen, no, you want to be the best? You want to look the best? You know, the Marines are the, are the top. We look great. We walk great. It's just all about the, the, you know, the pomp and circumstance. So my foster dad said, you can go into the toughest branch and the hardest branch and you can come out. And I believed them, Tim. Now, they didn't take, they didn't walk me through the pro. They didn't hand walk me. They said, there it is. Go get it. And so when I went in the Marine Corps, brother, they, uh, here's a group of folks that didn't know me. They didn't know C.L. King had this big old resume, homeless, sexually abused, physically abused, homeless on the streets, and all the other things that went on in my life, uh, a kid of the system for 18 years. All they knew was I was recruit king. Right. 
And they and and guess what? There was no difference in the guy in the guy in the bunk next to me or the guy in the bunk on the other side of the room. And so you know what I said, man? I'm going after it. They they gave me no room to have excuses. The only excuse I had was the excuse to succeed every single day. And so here it is, the Marine Corps kind of mirrored and and built upon the the stuff and the seeds that my foster mom put in me, brother. And so when, when I got out of the Marine Corps after honorably discharged and, and began on this journey of, of helping people, it was like that. those were the building blocks that got me in my mentality. See, it's more than just that you do good. You know, I make a, a ton of money. I got everything I want in the world, but it's so much more than that, Tim. It, it's a mentality, brother, that says, okay, yeah. listen, what? because roadblocks still come. Oh, sure. They still come, man. I mean, I was just because I was married with six kids and I had all this great stuff going on. Don't think I didn't get my car repossessed when, when we was early on in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Twice, twice in the same. I got the same vehicle repossessed in, twice in the same year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, here's this homeless kid from the streets of Cleveland. What did my foster mom say? No matter the adversity, King, you still can make it. What did the Marine Corps tell me? Get up and quit making excuses and push forward. And so when I when I got my car repossessed the second time, I went and got an old beater and we drove around an old beater that could barely drive forward. <laughs> but it did. But it did. And it got us, it got those six kids, that white van. I'll never forget it. It got those six kids from point A to point B. So my point is, uh, Tim, is that when people are faced with adversity, because that's my niche, brother. I, I want to talk to people that are going through something that are mm -hmm. having an adversity. Man, there is a pathway forward. And this is why I love your show. Man, I cannot sit back, even though I've had to deal with it. I cannot sit back and say, woe is me. I was, a, I was a poor kid from the hood. Well, if I stay there, Tim, I'll never get to the fulfillment of what my life's purpose is supposed right. to be. Right. I agree. So, you know, it's kind of interesting when we think about that, that what you just talked about there, uh, about, about being so determined to move forward. Mm -hmm. But sometimes our, our mind uh, likes to play tricks on us and like to convince us that no matter how hard we want something, and how hard we want to push for something that we're not worthy of that something. Mm. So what are some ways in your life that you had to retrain your brain, your emotions, to let yourself know that you are worthy of the things that you were doing? Well, here's what I can say that I'm, I'm married and, and I'm not saying this for any other reasons. Maybe I'll get some cool husband points, but I married a woman that uh, embodies forward. Our, our, you know, we've been married 27 years, Tim. We got seven children. And I posted the post the other day that people look at all of our successes, but they, they don't realize that our path over the past 27 years, we got a wake of failure. Mm -hmm. We got, we got a wake of shortcomings. Some, most of it's probably my fault. But but my wife has never ever said this is it. I'm done. I'm giving up. We're we're we can't do this. And she has. It's like she didn't know that this was the message that I heard from Ruth Plowden. She didn't know that this was the message that I heard from the Marine Corps. She didn't know. It's just this. She went through her own life adversity. So God put me with somebody who understood that calamity and adversity and roadblocks will come. And yeah, there have been times, Tim, where I feel like, man, I've failed so bad 
maybe I am supposed to follow fall under the metrics that mm-hmm. that were born to me. Maybe I am. Maybe I can't do this, man. But every time, man, I'm just telling you, I give credit where credit is due. Every time my wife has said, you know what, we're going. And so she she took the place of mom plowing because, you know, the Bible says when you find a wife, you find a good thing. So she took the place of mom plowing and she has been that that voice that says, King, we are not giving up. We're not. It's hard raising six kids when when I was making eight dollars and seven cents an hour. Eight dollars and seven cents an hour with six kids, brother. I got a little short of breath just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that happen? Who does that in America? You know, and 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 so every but I feel like now this is gonna sound crazy to you, and maybe sound crazy to your listeners, but I feel like adversity, Tim, is a gift. It's a gift, brother. Struggle is a gift. Because when you come out on the other side of it, brother, you sit back, man, I ain't, I ain't got no car repossessed no more. The last car I bought a year ago, Tim, had eight miles on it. I ain't driving no car that goes backwards no more. The adversity was a gift because, man, it helped me to build resiliency. It helped me to say, mm-hmm. man, you know what? I didn't understand resiliency when I was getting sexually molested or or living out on the streets, eating in soup kitchens. I didn't understand resiliency there. I just knew that that wasn't supposed to be my life. But then as I grew up and I still experienced adversity, my foster mom, the Marine Corps, my wife and children, they gave me the mental acumen to say, hey, man, we can still take this adversity and make something good out of it. That's Mm -hmm. that's why that's what our message is now, bro. Excellent. You know, one of the one of the guys I used to work uh, for, I should say, not work with, uh, he was a truly horrible boss. But one of the things <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that he said that's that's, uh, that's always kind of stuck with me is that uh, problems aren't problems. Right. Problems are opportunities to learn. Right. And that was the one good thing, you know, because I've always said that I try to find a silver lining in everything in life. There's a right. reason for something happening. Uh, so find the silver lining, find a good thing about it. So he was a, a truly horrible boss, but B, he said this one thing that always kind of stuck with me. And I went, okay, well, because he would no longer call him problems. I'd say, hey, we're having a problem over here. He goes, no, 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 we're having an opportunity. Let's look at the opportunity that we have uh, to either better ourselves or better our customer or, or both. Right. And I went, Okay, well, sure. What at the time, you know, I was in my young, I was young, I was in my early twenties. I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> right, I don't right. care. Let's just get this fixed. Uh, but looking back on it, I see what he was kind of referring to, and kind of what you were talking about there is is the opportunity to build, the opportunity to instill in yourself the confidence, really, that the next time something comes up, that yeah, maybe you only had a problem that was this tall. Right. Maybe next time it's this tall, but you knew that you could clear this one. So maybe this one won't be so bad. You know, I was telling my son that the, the very same thing. You must have been in the kitchen listening to us this morning, Tim. <laughs> I knew you were there. I knew you were a spy. But I, we had this a very we had this very conversation. You know, he's waiting on the army to let him know if he's made it into the army band. Now, the last two months of the board that they have. They said, uh, no, his score wasn't good enough. And, and the man's been playing the drum since he came out of his mother's womb. And so we're a little, we're scratching our head, but that's okay. So we sat down at the table and I told him, I said, listen, if, if by some chance you don't make the next couple boards, guess what, brother, we're going to pivot 
and we're going to move to the next thing that we can do to still be successful mm-hmm. because, you know, we put a lot of eggs in this basket. We, you know, we've put a lot of eggs in hoping that, Hey man, this is where you're going. This is what you're going to do. You're going to do your dream of playing music in the military. And if that doesn't work, man, it might be heartbreaking, you know, initially. And that's, that, that is a good point is that when we're going through our adversity, sometimes we don't sit and say, Oh, thank you, God, for giving me all this hell in my life. You know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't, we don't operate like that, but what what we have to do sometimes, Tim, is we have to step outside of the adversity and say, okay, let me look at what's going on here. And I'm not going to allow this to destroy me. I told Chris that today, man, this is my, this, this kid is my namesake. I taught him how to play. And I said, man, listen, if, if this doesn't work, bro, we're going to have some other options and other plans and we're going to pivot and we're not going to allow this to derail our emotions, our will and our, and our tenacity to keep moving forward. And, and that's, that truly is why I feel that when we say adversity is a gift is that it does teach you how to go through something and overcome it. See, mm-hmm. when you talk, when we talk about your show focused on forward, Tim, man, it's like, okay, I know, I know we had failure and I know it didn't work out exactly the way we wanted, but we, we overcame it. And guess what? We're still moving forward, man. Right. It may not even be at the same pace we wanted, but that's okay. If I can just say, man, no matter this adversity, I'm still going to make it that man. That's where it's at, bro. I agree. I, I think far too often that, that, you know, as humankind, because of our our imperfections and our, and our our uh, mental insecurities, the things that we grow up around, yeah. uh, far too often we're too willing to sit back and go, "Okay, this is the problem that's been laid upon me." So I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold up, uh, and not being willing to move forward and, and go through these things. Mm-hmm. And I and I really like the the point of, of observing the you know the the, the trauma, observing the issue, observing the issues and the problems that are placed in, for, in front of us and viewing them as building opportunities, because I think that's so very key and so very vital, because when the next one comes, you now have the experience. I know how I may not have the exact experience because maybe this is a different issue. Maybe this is a different type of opportunity, shall we say. Right. But, but now I've 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 successfully cleared all these other things. So maybe now I can learn how to successfully clear the next thing in front of me. And I think that's, you know, one of the messages that I always want to send out with my show focused on forward is that when we talk about being focused on forward, it's, it's not that we ignore that these problems come up, right? It's not that we ignore that life pokes us in, you know, in the shoulder every now and then and says, Hey, we're still here. Oh, and by the way, here's this uh, wonderfully awful gift that we'd like to give you. Uh, you know, that's just kind of the way things happen from time to time. Right. But when we are focused on forward, it's just that you're not ignoring it, but you are looking over it to see what's good. What, what, what's going on past the issue. You know? You know, Tim, let me, let me tell you this, man. I, I was thinking about what you were saying because you being such an excellent podcast host with two podcasts. I don't know how you, I can barely run one. I don't know how you do two, brother. You uh, just, co-hosts. You, yeah, you are truly a superhero. I know you got Captain America shield right me over your head there. Um, I, I was I was thinking about this man, my dad, and and I'm just going to share this man. My dad beat me, um, unlike any 
person should be beat. I remember one time that he helped, we had a tub and I was washing my thermal underwear out. All of y'all up North know what thermal underwear is. Mm -hmm. I was washing them out and he held me down in the tub up under the water. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a man that supposedly is a preacher that supposed to love me. And this is what, this is the type of abuse and what he's doing to me. I've never done that. To, to my kids. Now I'm not been a pair. I've not been the father of the year all every year and got right. the trophies hanging up on the wall, but I didn't do that. Right. None of my kids ever got sexually molested or, or abused. None of them ever were severely malnutritioned or had to worry about the electricity staying on. And so my point to that uh, is Tim, that some of that adversity taught me what I wasn't going to do. It taught me what I, I I mean, I didn't have a dad much in my life except for those times he was trying to kill me <laughs> and, and, and a mom, very, very little amount of time. I saw her more in institutional settings than I did in home settings. But those experiences taught me when, when I had my first child, I recognized that, Hey man, I know what I'm not going to do to this kid. Mm-hmm. I, I, I may not have it all figured out as a parent, but I know what what this kid is not going to experience. And all seven of my children, they may say, hey, man, dad was tough because I'm a former Marine. Yeah, I was I was tough. Yeah, but <laughs> but I didn't do that. I, I didn't raise them like that. And, right. and the generational curse stopped with me, bro. There you go. Well, there's a difference between being strict and being tough and, and being abusive. There's a massive, right. massive difference there. So let, let's pivot here a little bit and let's talk about uh, life after coming out of out of the Marines. So because now after coming out of the Marines, you know, you were you had talked about how you'd done a little bit of uh, uh, public speaking and you had a chance to go over to, to England and, and do some of those things. So how was it for you after coming out of the Marines? What did you do? What was the next step in your in your story? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. And now back to focused on forward. Well, here's what we did. You know, we kind of worked when I got out the Marine Corps. We just kind of wanted to stay in Eastern Carolina. So we started our family, like I said, uh, six kids with, uh, you know, eight dollars and three cents an hour. And and I think my wife was working at Subway and we just kind of just buckled in and, and hunkered down and started started working and living our life. But as as time went on, Tim, I I started remembering. Because my mother, my foster mom said, you can use this to change the world. Well, I was just living my life. You know, we were taking care of our family and we were listening to statistical things happening. You know, this kid did this or that group did this or gang violence is on the rise here and on and on and on. And I said, man, I'm I'm hearing my my foster mom's uh, words echo. You can use it to change the world. And I said, I'm not really doing that, even though I'm changing my world with my family and I'm helping them. But but I know that God had a broader and a bigger plan for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, He gave me this big old mouth for a purpose. And so (laughs) don't you dare agree with that, Jim. And so (laughs) I just see a lot of myself in that sentence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and so I, I formed a nonprofit back in 2008. And uh, so this is some time in passing, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of living my life. And I said, man, I got to do something more. And so we formed the CL King group incorporated with me and my best friend, Greg Smith at a golden corral, writing on the back of napkins, what we wanted to do. 
and uh, said, man, I just want to, I just want to help people in particular. I, my, my niche, especially early on was helping young people, young people that have gone through maybe what I've gone through. And when we started Tim, nobody, I, I'm being very serious. I'm not exaggerating. Nobody could have cared two hill of beans about what we were trying to do. You know how it is when you start something, mm-hmm. you're just like, who are you? Why, why should we listen to you and such? And we right. just like the podcast, we just continued to say, Hey man, we want to help some kids. We want to get involved. We want, we want, I think I have a message that can help them. And uh, it, it began to take root in the local community. We just started in our local community, uh, going to school, speaking for free. I, I listen, folks, I've spoken for a lot of chicken dinners. I mean, a lot. And, and we, we, we just would try to tell young people about making good choices. And we talk to moms and dads about, about how your kids can be influenced by what you do as a parent. And we talk to teachers and educators about how we need to invest more than just it, the cerebral relationship that we have with kids. And so it, it began to just bl- blossom before our eyes. And uh, we began to hold statewide conferences through our nonprofit that that drew hundreds and hundreds of people to what we were doing just because we wanted to help some kids. We got we got to go to the uh, state capital of North Carolina, speak to all the legislatures about the work that we were doing. And it was just simply saying we want to help young people realize that no matter the adversity, that's the message they still can make it. And so to date, Tim, we have reached over 400,000 young people, parents, educators, all throughout the state, all throughout the country and, and across uh, the seas. So we've been very, very blessed, but our goal is to reach 1 million kids and students and families. And then from there, a million every year. That's how busy we're going to be. That's excellent. That's an that's an amazing goal, and I got tired just thinking about doing all those all that. Time. Man, you better get some some uh, throat some throat comfort tea for that because you're gonna be yeah. talking a lot. Well, you know, the, and 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 the beautiful thing about it is that I feel that like like doing this isn't work to me. You know, the, I, even though it's work to edit and all that kind of stuff, do, being able to share your heart's passion. Mm-hmm. That's, if that's your calling, man, it, it, it's a different, it's a different mindset. And so I remember, it, I remember top of the year, one year, uh, we got contracted to do a school district and and they had us doing 37 events a week. And I'm just like, uh, y'all, y'all really think I'm just, uh, what I'm supposed to do sleep here. Um, but but again, it was like the need is so pressing and, and so prevalent that that uh, that God, I feel like, has equipped us for this time period. I feel like this is the time period that we are supposed to be in to, with this message. And so that's why we're doing it, brother. OK, so I know you talk clearly about adversity a lot with with the young people and, and, and everything. But other short of that, what's the other single most pressing question or topic that you cover with with young people? I, I cover uh, uh, something that we've packaged together. I'm not trying to self-promote here, but what I find it. That's why I threw it out on the table. <laughs> what I find is, is that, and and even I find this in my own, have found this with my own kids, is that kids get stuck. They get stuck in systems. They get stuck in 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 hierarchy. They get stuck in in bad home life. They get stuck. And what I said was, is that I wanted to help young people get in gear, Mm -hmm. not just 
be able to survive. But when I go speak at a school, I want them to know, man, you can make, you can make seven figures if, and so what I feel like the pressing need is, is to get people, young people in particular, young people focused on forward. Hello. Focused on their goals. Like I talk to young people by the thousands. I'm like, what do you want to do in life? I'm like, well, I want to be an astronaut. Well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to get there? How are you going to get there taking study hall, uh, you know, home economics and, and, a, and a history class? How are you really going to get there? And the young people don't know. I, I'm not blaming educators. I used to be a former educator. But what I'm saying is, is that we're not helping them get into the gear so that they can actually achieve that goal. I had to recognize that it was going to take so much intense work to actually put food on my table as a speaker. I had to get in gear. I couldn't just I couldn't just be chasing every peripheral thing in life. I had to get focused. And so one of the primary thing for us is helping young people get in gear to achieve their goals. And uh, we, we use a four step process where we train them. The, the training is called getting gear and we train them how to systematically take the things that they already have and begin to move forward. No magic potion. It was exactly what my foster mom did to me. She took the skill set that I, that was already in me and helped me get in gear. So uh, that's that's the primary thing I see is that young people are not positioned properly to get their goals ac- accomplished. And so we help them with that. Excellent. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about you as CL King. Yeah. Oh boy. Here we go. All right. So you've gotten to this far. We, we've talked about your, your ability to overcome the things that you've gone through in life. We've talked about your ability to uh, position yourself to, to live a life that you want to live, to do the things that you want to do. But we kind of talked about this uh, briefly in pre-show. Um, but there are things that trigger trauma. And so for me, and I'll, and I'll preface, uh, my question for you with, with my own personal experience. So, uh, you know, the impetus for me starting this show was of course, my daughter uh, being in the hospital for so long and, and having the emotional trauma that my wife and I went through with her in the hospital. And so, uh, we took a lot of photos and things to try to keep family members up to speed as to what was going on. And right now, uh, during the month of April, May, and June, I pretty much ignore my Facebook memories and things like that, because it shows a lot of things that could be considered and are for me are, are triggers and they, and they, they trigger an emotional response right. because this was only a couple years ago. Uh, and so, and, and sometimes with those, I, I tend to, to tense up a little bit. I, I freeze up or it makes my mind kind of go off in, in, in other ways. Right. So for you with something that has happened to you many years ago, are there still triggers that are things that trigger your emotional responses to the things that you've been through in life? Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked this question and I'm going to be, uh, you know, someone said, can I be transparent? Well, you know, I would hope we would just be authentic. Mm-hmm. And I had to do something last year, Tim, that uh, it, it weighed on me, but it, it needed to happen. Okay. And I had to, this is going to sound crazy, but I had to extract myself 
from relationships in my family, not my, not my wife and kids. I'm talking about the family of the eighties, my mom, siblings and such. Why? Because they were the triggers that would send me in a tailspin. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would talk to my mom and my mom has struggles. I love my mom. It's mother's day. She is the one who brought me into this world, even though her struggles uh, were real. She still is my mother and I highly respect her, but I also recognize that my, my relationship with her was a trigger that would cause me to be in a certain mindset in my own home, negative mindset, Uh weeks at a time of depression, because anytime I would talk to her, Tim, it was like going back to 1980. Sure. Every every conversation is, is like going back 35 years. And unfortunately it was the same way with my siblings. I love them. They're, 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 they're people that are trying to make it and carve their, their way out of life. But I recognized how it was affecting me. It, uh-huh. I mean, it would cause me great depression. And I started trying to figure out what, what it was. And it, and it, and it finally hit me last year after a conversation with them that I realized I got to pull myself out of a relationship with y'all. Now, I know the Bible says, honor your mother and father that their days may be long. And I feel like I'm, I still honor my mother, but I don't think I can have a continued relationship with her. Not while she's still dealing with the struggles of 1980. Right. I can't have a relationship with my siblings, my older siblings, while they're still struggling with the issues from 1980. Mm-hmm. Because when I connect with them, I'm not in 1980. Right. I mean, I, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to boast or, or make myself look greater than them or, or look down on them or belittle them, but sure. I've lived my life here. I've been in this area for 27 years, Tim. I've been in Eastern Carolina raising my family. So I've, we've had a different pathway, man. It's just been different. Mm-hmm. And so when I try to inject myself into a relationship with them, all it does is take me back to 1985 when we were sweeping up cockroaches off the floor or it takes me back to 1982 when we was eating in soup kitchens around hairy men looking at you to do weird stuff to you. It just, it was, it was a trigger Tim that I realized I cannot have a continual relationship with these people. And I, I'm putting that out publicly, not to demean them or embarrass them, but just to tell you, I wanted to be transparent about what my trigger is. And I recognize that it was affecting my wife and our relationship. It was affecting my kids. If I have a conversation with my mother, it would affect me for three or four weeks, brother. It would send me into the, it would send me into a dark place. And so I removed myself from that last year and it has been the most liberating thing because I just, I just cannot do that. I can't go there. And I've determined that if if that's the way this relationship is going to be, even till our sunset hours, brother, and I can keep my sanity, have a great relationship with my wife and kids, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Absolutely, no, I I understand that, and I think I, I appreciate that very well. As in fact, um, you know, one of the things that you know, one of the struggles I had is with my with one of my brothers, and I had to extract him from my house and from my life because. <laughs> 
you know, I'm very strict about not allowing things to interrupt or derail the peace of my four walls. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, I, my wife, my kids, you know, that's, that's the most important thing to me. My, that, that, that home nucleus. Right, man. You know, and so uh, I understand that very much. So uh, my older brother and I had some, some very distinct uh, disagreements about things. And, um, you know, I just, the emotional stress that, that, you know, that came with it and the baggage that came with it, because like you said, he wanted to live back way back when, and, you know, uh, when it was just he, he and my mom and I live in, but, you know, just the three of us and he, that's all I ever wanted to talk about. And I'm like, no, right. you know, we, we moved away from that 30 years ago. We're right. good. You know, let's talk about something different. Right. And you know, that wasn't, that wasn't what he wanted to do. Um, but there was, there was other issues there for him right. uh, as well. But, you know, and so on the one hand, I feel bad because, you know, he is family, he's blood and I want to, want to help him where I can. But on the other hand, if it affects you, your emotional health, uh, your, your marriage, your relationship with your children, then you're, you know, you have to make that dividing line and you have to, you have to pull it out and, and move away. So, you know, I, I just, let me just add, you know, we, like I said, we've been here for 27 years. My kids don't, they don't have cousins. They don't have aunts. I mean that, that, you know, like the old days family where your cousins mm -hmm. was around the corner and your aunts and uncles was none of that, man. It's just been mom and dad and the kids. And I just have, I recognize that I, you know, like you saying, I love them and I really wish that we could have that type of relationship. Um, but because, but because of the way it affects me and because mm -hmm. of the way it triggers me, I can't, I can't allow myself to become susceptible to that. That's still, that's still a weakness for me. That, that whole relationship is still a problem because I never got to deal with it, man. I mean, you live, you live, then you get taken away then you get thrown in the system. It never got resolved. And so here, right. when I try to have relationship with him, I find that I'm just going in a tailspin and uh, it was very healthy. It was, and I don't, I didn't do it out of spite or anger. I did it to preserve like you say, the peace in these four walls. Mm -hmm. It's an act of self-preservation. Yes, sir. So understood completely. All right. Yes, I was curious what your take on that would be because, you know, um, just the way that I see things and, and you know, trying to make sure that uh, we maintain, again, that peace in my own four walls and when, when those triggers and those for, for traumas come up and, um, and, you know, so. But, okay, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about uh, impacting life 24 oh. seven. So, so we, we've gone through all of these other things that, that the King has done. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna keep calling you that just cause it's fun. <laughs> Maybe we'll make me, make me into a superhero. The, they, king. They, the king. That's right. <laughs> Get a picture of you flexing and everything. That's right. Man. right there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, uh, you know, but, uh, Let's let's talk about how you got into uh, impacting life twenty four seven. What was the reason for starting your show? Because uh, guys, I, and I know I failed to mention this at the outset of the show, but uh, so I, I did say that I was on CL's show, and CL's show is called Impacting Life twenty four seven. And so he was kind enough to have me on as a guest, and we talked about uh, my story and of what happened with Kendall and her uh, medical experiences and, and everything else. But uh, 
so I would like to give you a chance to tell my listeners about your show and how you got to the point of starting a podcast and, and why Impacting Life 24-7 was the name you chose. Well, it's an honor, number one, to to have any type of platform, whether it be small, large, whatever. It's an honor to be able to do your heart's passion and and see something come of it, even if it impacts only one life. The mission and the model of our company, the CL King Group Incorporated, is impacting one life one day at a time. And I've spoken <clears throat> 400 times across the country and that's a blessing. It's no, it's a wonderful thing, but you do have to wait and you do have to negotiate to get, you know, on other people's platforms. And I talked to our team and I said, Greg, man, why don't we create something where we can elevate other people using our platform instead of waiting around for mm -hmm. folks to call us? Why don't we just create it and, and make our own? And so we, we started back in <clears throat> 2019 before the pandemic, before everybody had pivoted to Zoom and StreamYard and everything. And I was in uh, my back closet looking like I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I go back and look at some <laughs> of those videos, Tim. And uh, I said, oh, my God, I should take this stuff down. Um, but we so we the first 30 episodes was me. <clears throat> and I don't have no problem every night coming on and talking about something new. But mm -hmm. I said, no, that's not, I'm tired of hearing myself. And I don't think that's what the, the, the genre is supposed to be. The genre isn't supposed to be Chris King. It's supposed to be about us garnering and bringing in people who have a similar story, like not necessarily like mine, but a story of impact, a story that man, that, that resonates with someone that will be listening. So we changed the format and we began to have guests on Nobody was listening to our show, Tim. When I looked at the analytics, I was just like, uh, okay, I guess we really are just bombing. And and uh, <clears throat> 50 shows in, 60 shows in, I, I decided to switch. No, no, it was 40 shows in. I decided to switch from Messy.fm to Podbean because Messy.fm just didn't have the right ring for what we was doing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to CL King on Messy.fm. I was just like, uh, that this, this is not working because not everything's free is good, you know? So right. we, we, we went to Podbean and, and we got serious about, okay, we're going to do this right. So I had my friend Wally. He's, he's the guy responsible for our music and equipment. I said, man, let me get, help me get, us where we need to be. He helped me get my soundboard and lighting and all the stuff that we needed. And uh, we mm -hmm. said, we're going to do, if we're going to do this, we're going to, we're going to give a good effort and do it right. Right. And so as we began to, as we began to focus and bring people on with stories and, and life-changing stories, man, and, and stories of impact, we began to see, you know, folks actually taking note of it. And uh, so <clears throat> now here we are in 2022, um, and we've done a couple hundred shows. We're on Monday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night. And the, our latest analytics, which we pull every week, shows our show downloaded in 33 states and 13 countries on 17 different platforms. And That's it's fun. just because we've just tried to be consistent about having people on that can impact uh, life 24-7. What that means is every day, man, just one day at a time having an impact in someone's life. We've had we've had people like Tim Bicycle. There you go. You got it. There we go, Bicycle. He we've had people like Tim 
that that have a story that is that is so capturing because listen when you are looking at your baby lying in a hospital bed that there's nothing more grievous to a parent than that right and and i and i know someone was listening to that show that may have been going through that and it's like wow Tim, Tim saw the other side and, 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 and their families being nurtured again. And so th that's what our show was about. It's 100% about that. I will say this, that I don't, I don't really have a lot of time for people trying to sell Tupperware or, you know, all that kind of stuff, vacuum cleaners. I, I, right. I mean, I, I got 60,000 life coaches that want to be on and tell you how to do backflips. Uh, that's all cool. And that, that may have a place, but truthfully, I just want, it doesn't have to be Oprah. I just want ordinary people that, that have seen maybe something extraordinary happen in their life, because I know that the next person that's listening uh, could be impacted. I had, I'll, I'll close with this. I had a lady on just the other day. Uh, I don't know if she was on your show, but <clears throat> she, uh, she got involved in drugs mm -hmm. and went down a very, very dark place. So dark that she wound up killing a lady by accident and oh was my. facing 40 years in prison, man, Ooh. 40 years. And somehow the district attorney saw her, her history and all the things that she went through and they gave her uh, five years and she wound up getting out in two and a half. And she said, okay, I'm going to take my life now and I'm going to use it to touch other people. But her story about how drugs were so alluring and so it, it was like so dominating. She was a she grew up as a beauty pageant queen in theater and she had a perfect life and everything was great until that one choice, Tim, that mm -hmm. one time she was going to a Dallas Cowboys game and somebody introduced her to a line of coke. One choice changed oh, wow. her entire life, brother. One choice. Yes, and man, is. I said, yeah. man, if people can hear that, if there's someone out there that's thinking about trying that line one time, they need they need to listen to this lady. Mm -hmm. And so that's what impacting life is about, man. Impacting life 24 seven. Uh, I, I look, I'm wearing the gear for those of y'all that can't see. I got gear. But guess who made my gear? See, I, I don't just take all the credit. I got to give the shout outs to my homeboy, Tim Bicycle. We started off, <laughs> let me just take over your show for a minute. We started off on Have a very, very rocky relationship because of me, dumb Marine, misinterpreting, typing. And I thought Tim was going <laughs> left and he was going right. And I was out in left field. That's what happened. And we was fighting and arguing on, on texting. And then I realized, oh, man, I'm totally wrong. And so I begged Tim for forgiveness because you should do that when you know you're wrong. And now Tim and I are like brothers from another mother. And Tim helped us with all of our merchandise and all of our gear. And man, I just love Tim, man. He's like, a, he's like really like a brother. And so uh, I, I'm thankful that you have helped us go to even the next level on impacting life 24 seven. And uh, I'm forever indebted to you for it, brother. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Um, good. But I'd also like to point out, I was just as big a jerk as you were. So that, that yeah. was, <laughs> it was fair. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to try and pretend or hide it. Uh, I wasn't very nice either. So, you know. Well, that's that Michigan, Ohio thing. You know what I mean? We're, well, there's, a, there's a rivalry. We don't even mention yeah. the state of the South. Not by name. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and this is, I think, let's look at 21st century, brother. Um, people, people can't have disagreements anymore 
where it 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 can get resolved and not be an end all. Mm-hmm. We we had a we had a benign disagreement about something that had nothing to do with really me. We were we were just miscommunicating right. and, and misinterpreting one another, right? But then after we got it worked out, man, me and you are bosom buddies, man. We're mm-hmm. business partners now. Mm-hmm. But, but today in today's society, people are so polarized that you can't have a disagreement and and get through it without saying I'm going to block this person or I'm going to unfriend them or I'm not going to talk to them. No, I'm going to Man, listen, sometimes disagreements come and you have to be mature enough to work through them, man. You're not always right. You understand? I'm That's talking short. to the audience out there. You're not always right. And sometimes you have to eat humble pie. And uh, I'm thankful that Tim received me back into his family and friendship. And uh, we're going forward together. There you go. I put a little whipped cream on top of the humble pie. We ate it together. It was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to eat the crow, bro. <laughs> eh, we both did. It's all right. So, yeah, you know, one of the things I've, I've really uh, appreciated about you, CL, is that uh, you are you are an incredibly humble person for the successes that I've seen that you've had. And I, oh, I'm more drawn to humble people anyway because they're, they're just – they're just good people to be with and, and learn from. And, and, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, you know, you allowed me in your space as well. And I'm thankful that I had an opportunity to come on your show and, and, and talk and, uh, and be welcomed in that way. And, and that's what, really why I wanted to have you on here today is because I want people to see that from your story and from the name of your show, that it's just, you know, we take this one day at a time and we impact our, our lives even if it's not with somebody else's story, we impact mm-hmm. our own lives one day at a time by the d- decisions and the choices that we make. And if we choose to impact our life by moving forward, by focusing on forward, we can have we can have a good life. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to be millionaires. That doesn't mean we're going to be rock stars or sports stars or all these mm-hmm. other things. But there are there are so many levels of happiness between being dirt poor and being a millionaire. Right that I think sometimes people, like you said, they know how to get it in gear and just be happy with, with where they're at in life. So um, I think that's also a nice, a nice uh, thing that I picked up from your, from your show as well as being happy with, with where you're at and what you have. And uh, instead of, instead of looking at the other side of the fence, kind of peeking over like, Oh, their grass is a little greener, yes, you sir. know, yes, you know? So, and I think that's a very important lesson for us all to have. So, we have just a couple minutes left here. So we've talked about your show. Tell folks where they can find Impacting Life, uh, where they can find out more about you, uh, you know, all your social handles so they can they can come and track you down and, and be good friends with you, too. I would love to get some friends from in the circle of, of Steve. I mean, Tim, because uh, anybody that's friends with Tim is going to be friends with me. So I, I try to keep it simple. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go to clkingspeaker.com. That's our website. You can connect there to our podcast and all of the uh, opportunities. If you need a keynote speaker, uh, all of the, all of the ways to, to participate with us is there. Of course, if you just type in CL King, on any Facebook, social media, Twitter, any of that, uh, it, it's on there. But more importantly, what I'm I'm not looking for, you know, followers. I'm looking for fellowship and friends. And what I what I have come to the conclusion is is that COVID nineteen has taught us a lot of stuff, and it's revealed a lot of stuff. 
But one thing that it's taught me is that the value of my friendships and partnerships. And so, you know, Tim and I talk, you know, we don't talk every day, but when we talk, it's like we just talked a few minutes ago. Right. And so if you want to connect with me, that's the way the connection will be. I'm a little more sappy probably than Tim is. He's just like cut to the chase. Let's get it. Come on, let's go. Move it. And I'm just like, Hey man, I love you, brother. Give me a hug. And so uh, and that's cool, man. CLKingSpeaker.com. I believe we should just build relationships together, man. And, and Steve, you're going to be back on my show uh, and we're just going to continue this partnership. So if you'd like to connect with us, clkingspeaker.com or just CL King on Facebook. We appreciate it. All right. Excellent. All right, guys. Uh, so of course next week we'll have a, another guest, but I encourage you very strongly go check out uh, CL's uh, website, check out his podcast. I'm a subscriber. I love his show. I, I check him out on, on Facebook a couple times a week, and uh, he's got some really cool guests come on. In fact, I poached a couple of his guests after he got done talking to them because I'm like, ooh, I want to talk to them too. <laughs> and that's the way it's supposed to be done. Exactly. Man. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, so so go over and check out Impacting Life 24-7. I guarantee if you like this show, you're going to love that show. Uh, it, it, it's good stuff over there. Uh, and so I just want to remind you next week, we'll be talking with uh, Kate Wallinga. And so come back next week at uh, eight o'clock Eastern Friday evening. Uh, that will be well, the 14th. Yeah. So May 14th, 8 p.m. We'll, we'll be right back here on all the uh, all the socials and you'll have an opportunity to hear a, a nice interview and a chat with Kate Wallinga, who's also a podcast host. And uh, we'll have a good chat with her. So CL, again, thank you for coming on the show. Really do appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. I think that's going to conclude us tonight for Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at Podcast FOF, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email, focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on Forward.